Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. When you're looking for a new play to produce independently, that search can be kind of difficult and intense. There's a lot of great stuff out there. But when a script arrives that not only addresses themes of personal authenticity and modern sex, while also making you laugh riotously, well, you jump on that. That's just what happened for the folks behind the play Sex Object, currently running at the Pit Loft. I sat down with a few of them after a recent performance. Take a listen. Uh, I love to start with everyone's name on the mic, so people have a uh, voice to go with the name. So let me know who you are and what you did on Sex Object. Sure. Uh, I'm Susanna Wolk. I'm the director. Uh, I'm David DiAlmo. I'm one of the producers, and I played Ben. And I'm Kelly McCready, and I am also one of the producers, and I play Ron. All right, so who's going to tell me what Sex Object is? Like, when you pitch this show to people, what are you telling them to come and see? I think we all have a different way of pitching the show, but my way is always so to So all say, three of you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> my, my way is to be like, the first moment of the play, even though you're not quite sure what it is at the time, is someone getting a video of themselves masturbating, sent anonymously to their email, and it's like a Black Mirror episode, but what you would do in real life, which is like, break up with your girlfriend, and kind of go Run into away. a panic yeah. attack. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Black Mirror, uh, panic attacked, break up with your girlfriend, you're getting blackmailed. It's very funny. It does, because uh, it's really what weirdly you do. very funny though. Like I don't that was the thing that probably drew me to the script. Kelly found the script. Um, and, and I was can can we point out yeah. really quickly, sorry to draw attention no, no. to this, but mm. that's not the accent you use on stage. Uh, this is an Aussie script, right? Yeah, it's an really? Australian play. So it has... so, yeah, somebody from back home? or um, So uh, I haven't been home in a while, but I still try and keep up with people that I went to school with. And an old classmate of mine was in the original production of this, which was just last year in Sydney. And his photos kept popping up, and I was like, oh, this looks pretty interesting. So I got in touch with him, who put me in touch with uh, Charlie Faulkner, who's the playwright. And we kind of went from there, just read it, and was like, this is great. This is really funny. And he's not, you know, being recognized over in the States, and it's a really good opportunity to give exposure to sort of international playwrights. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you no, off. No, no, I, no, I like, totally it's, agree. It's a really good segue, because I know you said this is a Aussie play. Yeah, no, and, and so that's how we found it. We, we had been looking for, I mean, Kelly and I met a couple years ago, and we always knew that we wanted to, like, uh, uh, try something together. Um, we were looking at plays on, like, New Play Exchange, and, like, things just weren't working out in terms of, like, royalties or finding the contact info for the playwrights or whatever. And this just fell into our lap, really. Uh, and mm-hmm. I read it and was like, this is the one. Like, this is... Uh, uh, the, the set is super simple. You know, we can not only do what I want to do this play, but as a producer, we can afford to make this play happen, uh, <laughs> which is not always the same thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was exciting. And it's very funny. I, Charlie's just a really funny guy. I was internally laughing. Uh, you might have noticed that uh, there was a little bit of skip in at David, right? Yes. And David's response there is because I was laughing at him because you said this was the one and I thought of that bar that you mentioned. Yes. And yes. so I was like, you know, yes. sorry, internal joke. So come and see uh, what the internal joke is here. So how did you get involved as, as directing this? Um, I had directed a play that David was the producer of last year. We did a production of um, Shanley's The Dreamer Examines His Pillow, um, which was a real hoot and a half, and um, and Dave and I have remained in touch since then. And um, he sent this to me, and like similarly, I was like, oh my god, this is so funny and like so current and like feels very fresh and original, and was immediately on board. Talk to me about that, like that. that- fact that it's very current and that was something that really struck me watching it as an audience member um, the two things that it really grabbed onto were like wow this does feel like a very very 
2018 sort of jam. And it's also like the style of it is super rapid, which is really fun to watch as an audience member. And it, I feel like it totally makes sense that I'm watching it in an improv venue. Uh, it, it was, it, it had that kind of like repartee style. Is that something that you took into account? A and B. Back to my previous uh, like uh, statement about this. Like, I mean, talk to me about like where it fits right now. Like, why do this sort of piece? Um, where do you feel it fitting, I guess, into the current milieu of independent theater? Sure. I mean, I think there's definitely an element of the play that is, like, super, super farcical and, like, high comedy, and we've got, like, you know, very, very bantery sections. It's very witty um, and, like, obviously moves really quickly, but, like, one thing that we talked about a lot in rehearsal, which I think, like, the actors have really taken to heart really beautifully, is, like, always making sure the characters, like, come from a real place and are never, like, one-dimensional... Um, figureheads uh, and so like I think finding that balance between the comedy and the farce and like keeping everything really real has been a really fun challenge um, and I think the play does have a really like dark element to it um, that sort of reveals itself as it goes along um, and it's also about kind of a brother and sister and their sort of fraught relationship um, which ultimately I think becomes the kind of key relationship of the piece and so kind of marrying all the different like comedic elements to the like heartfelt core was something that like was really exciting to me about this play. And you're the two who get to kind of show off that heartfelt core in many ways. Yeah, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. we, I don't know, I'm really lucky I feel like with this part because uh, I mean I, I play the guy who gets uh, the, the, the blackmailed um, you know masturbation video and I think because because of that, uh, the audience, even though they don't quite know what's going on, see, even the crowd over there likes me. Uh, the, <laughs> even, the, the, even though the audience doesn't quite know what's going on, um, they're behind me uh, from very early. And I think, uh, I didn't know that until we started getting audiences in the room. I, I, you know what I mean? And so now I feel like this energy behind, you know, that I think uh, Kelly and Gustav, uh, or Rowan, who plays Gustav, has to... They, they have to fight this like notion of like, wow, these people are jerks. Um, mm. And I get the benefit of the doubt for most of the play, despite doing, I mean, you know, I do some pretty mean and nasty things uh, as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm lucky. <laughs> I feel very lucky. I'm gonna push more at that, like, a real, that question of like, this moment, yeah. this, like now. Because these characters, as sympathetic as your character is, and as kind of, you know, icky as the other characters feel, I also feel like, you know, in the world that I've perceived uh, outside of, you know, just as, as a recipient of mass culture, um, the characters that are kind of icky are the ones who are more successful mm. in the uh, quote-unquote modern world. Mm-hmm. And the character that I really identified with was like, oh yeah, uh, that's the drip version of myself, like the, the version of myself <laughs> that I don't like. Yeah. And, and But he's the good guy. But he's the one who's going to get shat on, and I know that. So talk to me about like where this, like I guess like there's really something going on here that I think this play is saying something about who yeah. is considered... Uh, powerful, who is considered worthy of our uh, our sympathies? Like, talk to me a little bit more about that. Sorry, I'm going to push at this because yeah, I yeah. think it's I think it's in the play. 
Oh my god, yeah. I mean, Gustav talks a lot about it. Like, you know, I appear magnificent because even endowing someone that you're with with the kind of power, with the power to make you appear beautiful and successful, like because she is a model, he keeps saying. Um, so there's definitely an element of that. Important to look good, always to look good. Um, we had a. This space has been really interesting for us. There's actually in the pit loft, um, the entire left hand side is a huge wall to wall mirror. And when we kind of discovered in the, discovered it in the space, Susanna was like, "Oh my God, I love it. It's perfect. Like that. If this is a play about image and a play about like how you perceive yourself and how you're presenting yourself to the world, it makes total sense for this these narcissists to have a wall-to-wall mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and even for the audience when they're walking in, and then they get a kind of glimpse of themselves when they're, when they're about to take a seat. It's kind of perfect." Um, so and even this the red curtain of the space, like everything is presentational and the way these people are, you know, putting themselves together. They're they're really really surface level, but they're actually hurting a lot inside and they're probably you know compensating for something you know lacking. And the whole setup of the piece is, uh, I hope this is not too much of a spoiler, but the whole setup is a performance. Yeah. Right. So we're totally. we're working toward a performance. Talk to me about. Yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm always looking for ways also to like be aware of the architecture of the space that we're in and like not try and hide it but instead try and get it to work with us and work for the play and we got really lucky that like this the show is all building up to a performance and we have these like very prominent red curtains in the space and like we have this opportunity to sort of like cast the audience as the the audience of the performance in the show um and so yeah, it was like really important to me, like, like I'm like with the mirror to like use the space for what it was and like embrace all those weird eccentricities. And this, the, the performativity of these characters, I think, is just so fascinating. That like, mm-hmm. like yeah. he is performing his role in the world. I don't want to give too much away, uh, but yeah, Gustav is definitely not what he performs himself to be. Absolutely, and I think like Veronica, um, Kelly's character. Is someone who like Ron? Ron. Yes, of course. <laughs> that was a real. That was a really fun moment to to like kind of clock who used what when. Yeah, it was actually really cool. Totally. So he changes. He does, and it's like, oh wow, when does he when does he use that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, but like I, I guess at the at the beginning of the play, she's someone who has so many like ideas of of how she's supposed to look, how she's supposed to behave, and like even though it's all like supposed to be this like very hippy dippy free bohemian image in many ways she's like the most trapped character in the show and what i really love about this play is like over the course of the evening through her relationship with ben through her relationship with her brother she like ultimately completely changes and transforms and like um yeah i think it's really exciting that like all these characters go through this like massive transformation of like more or less like trapped to liberated yeah, throughout the course does. of the show. Everyone does. Even Gustav, I yeah. think. By yeah. the very, I mean, it's, it's a glimmer. We'll, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Like, did he learn anything or not? But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, we don't quite get that. Yeah. In the and even the Kate, show. Kate, the the character that we haven't really discussed yet, uh, is this like she's playing a part too. Like she's playing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, she's an escort essentially who's playing. As part of Gustav's fiance, and, and you know, Ron has no idea who she is, and she acts weird right from you know moment one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the end, she's like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm, a, I'm gonna be a police officer. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm a police officer. Not to ruin it, but like, I really hope she fulfills her destiny. Oh, I know. Oh my like, gosh. One I of her last lines is her like accepting, like, yeah. no, yes. I am this. Yeah. Like, I really hope yeah. that yeah. that's what happens after yes. this. Yes, we uh, talked about like when she down. leaves at the end, she struts out and she like 
immediately enrolls in police academy <laughs> like the second she leaves the yeah it's pretty boss yeah. um so we actually met uh david when when you were producing uh, another show that i covered on the podcast yeah talk to me a little bit about like what's going on next for you then possibly sure. question mark yeah and well, you reveal yeah i mean i so i was a, a i was um when we met i was mainly producing uh, but i came to new york to be an actor um and i just got representation like like six months ago. Congrats. Uh, thank you. So um, I was on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt uh, this past season, and for me, it's it's mostly in he's that a, direction. He's thank you. He's thank you. Very good. Um, and I that's that's all I really want. It's it, I came from from corporate America, so I have like you know five six years of corporate work, and therefore I. Uh, I get called on a lot to do producing stuff. Uh, in fact, I'm about to produce another show that Suzanne is directing. Oh, really? Uh, uh, which is going to be great. It's called uh, Observance, yes. and it's going to be at uh, New York Fringe yeah. um, in October. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, as excited as I am about that, I'm, I'm also excited about whatever my next acting job is. And what about the rest of y'all? Can you can you reveal what's next? What's next? I have a couple of short films. Um, coming up, and uh, I also dabble in directing, um, and I just finished an adaptation of, this is kind of random, but an adaptation of Coriolanus, and I'm really, really excited to organize a reading for that and get that going. Lovely. Yeah, that's actually how I met David. I directed um, Hedda Gabler a couple years ago, and he was my Tesman. He just walked in and kind of blew me away, and then he was like, hey, do you need help selling tickets? It's kind of a thing that I do. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, you should definitely do that. Your cast, yes, yes. No, it happened afterwards, I swear, it totally did. He got the part on pure, pure talent. Pure talent, it's good to know. Um, yeah, like David said, I'm working on a show in the New York Fringe Festival called Observance, um, and then I am also the um, assistant director of the musical Waitress, um, and I work a lot on the tour, so I travel around the country holding auditions for children to join the cast of Waitress. It's gotta be a blast. It's a really, really strange thing that I do every, like, once a week, but basically. A <laughs> yes, so I'm going to Salt Lake City on Tuesday, and I'm basically always traveling doing that, um, ADing a bunch of shows. Um, in the fall and spring as well. So, yeah, hodgepodge. Cool. Well, where can folks get more t- uh, information and tickets for the show? Where should they head to on the interviews? They can go to uh, thepitnyc.com, the uh, I think is there, but just Google Sex Object Play New York. You'll find it. We're on Today Ticks. We're on TDF. <laughs> Don't just um, Google Sex Object. You never know what you might Definitely Sex Object definitely like, Play. Definitely like private browser. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I know, the pit has a weird website. It's, it's definitely like the dash pit myc.com, something like, like that. that. You yeah. can also Google Charlie's name, Charlie Faulkner, F A L K N E R. Yeah, really. Yeah, Charlie definitely deserves uh, to he get does. as much recognition from this Absolutely. as possible. And he has a really, really um, awesome uh, theater company in Australia that we should give a shout out to called Jack Rabbit. Yes. And their, their motto is theater with pace, which I really think is cool. And also, oh, our, our, we, uh, we have one more partner, which is uh, uh, Shag, uh, a sexy shop in Williamsburg, who donated all of our uh, sex toys. Sex toys. Say that, that'd be and all the one loot. hell all of an investment just yeah. for your props. Yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I had to do an effect. I had to do a live effect of uh, somebody having an erection on stage once, and I was like shocked when I went into Babeland to like find the prop. Oh, it was amazing. They really helped me out to make this effect work. But I was like, shit, I'm gonna spend like eighty bucks on this one freaking effect. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So good. Good. You got a. Sponsor in that yeah, realm. Yeah, we did. All Kelly. We she she great... walked in and made it happen. 
we had a great like cast bonding moment. Kelly went to the shop to like pick up all the stuff and she showed up to rehearsal one day and like shot her studios in a giant suitcase. She like dumped it out and there's lube everywhere, like hundreds of vibrators and like anal beads. And like we all had to like separate the lube packets from, from like the, sample the Yeah, they were like a sample. So like we literally like, sat for like an there. hour like oh, separating packets. If only we could all have such productive rehearsals. Yeah. Uh, thank you all so much for doing this. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Susanna, David, and Kelly for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Sex Object at The Pit Loft, 154 West 29th Street in Manhattan through August 12th, 2018. Head to The Pit NYC.com for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert, A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at robertgagno.com. Until next time, go see a show. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, sir.